Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Coach Hazleton is a great coach. He cares. He loves football. He loves us. I've never really been with two better football minds, especially Coach Hayes. Football people love him. I've never heard a bad word about Scott Hayes. Really, we're looking for this is to say, hey, we want to be the hardest playing defense in America. We got to go hands and we got to work on getting there, okay? Play with relentless passion to get to the ball. That's the number one thing you want to see out of every defense. The guys work so hard, you know? They'll go out there and hit anybody. We want to be the hardest playing dudes in the world, you know what I mean? Well, I want to be the hardest hitting broadcaster in the world. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, and I am sitting across from a former season pro in that <laughs> regard. So I am the captain and the president, vice president, and secretary of the Scotty Hazleton fan club, which predates <laughs> having met you or even spoken yes. to you. But now that you are here, Brooke Hazleton, I, I'm thrilled to have you. I think we've become maybe something uh, in the acquaintance basket, perhaps. But it's an honor to have you, wife of Scotty Hazleton. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, and, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I agree. I, I think we're on the road to friends. So Yeah, we're, get, we're getting there. I got to really watch my P's and Q's. I don't want to <laughs> blow it, you know, with this blossoming friendship we're working on. So, I mean, I know you are the seasoned pro with that, you know, news background. So I'm going to try to be on my best broadcasting behavior. So this is honestly a show I wanted to do in some form for a long time, even before your husband was hired here. I've been fascinated for a long time by the coaching wife angle, because I hear, I know the guy side of, oh, we're on the road X amount of hours, recruiting, especially, you know, college is different from the NFL. I know you've done both. You're constantly on the road. It's never the, the off season. That's why so many guys leave. And like, what's the other side of that? You are the other side of that, because especially in your case, you have, I think, four kids, four right? Four kids, yes. What, like, what is that like? Can you tell me a little bit about the just experience like day to day? Like, how do you kind of get through your daily schedule. I know with my own kids, we're constantly like, you take this one to this appointment, vice versa. You don't have that teamwork, I don't think, right? It's mostly right. a Brooke Hazleton show. <laughs> yeah, well, I have teamwork um, at different times of the year, for sure. You know, there's summers he's around for three or four weeks. And, uh, you know, season, of course, is really difficult, really lots of hours and then recruiting. You know, there's all these sort of... Um, cycles of football right and and each one has a different schedule so right now we're in the recruiting and it's not the best time but it's not the worst and um i don't know scotty really really makes up for it he's definitely a, a quality over quantity because he has to be but he he does a good job and even though he's not there often when he is we we know it and and we're happy well, I could vouch for him because I've known him for 17 minutes. He's, he seems like a great guy because he's, he's out there watching the show in our lobby, if you want to call it that. So on this topic, I put together with Ben, our producer, kind of a mashup of coaches' wives, you know, over the years talking about the experience. I'm curious. I want to run that and curious if it's sort of reflective of your experience as well. Ben, can you run that for us? You just can't even comprehend what these coaches go through and commit themselves to. On July 13th, my husband went back to work in the office and his next full day off will probably be Christmas Eve. Your husband is not there for you on a lot of things to just really do life with you. It's a lot of fun, but it's a very lonely life. I have a sign that says we interrupt this marriage for football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that sign. I've seen that yeah. sign. Don't bring up a loss. Like if we are, if I see you, if I see you, don't bring up. I remember um, that time. Yeah, be, that's yeah, like, no. you don't bring it yeah. up. I looked at Terry and I said, in your wildest dreams, did you ever believe that would ever be a part of three national championships? And she says, honey, you're not in my wildest dreams. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, is that, that's guy, kind of, you know, we ended on a lighthearted note, but I thought to me, the most interesting thing we came across and it was in that, you know, segment was that part about don't come up to me after a loss, don't mention a loss. And, you know, we cut it obviously, but like all six of the wives are saying like, oh yeah, don't, that's the last we want. We could be 10 and one. Everyone's talking to us after the one. 
Is that something that's kind of tough for you where Michigan State does something? It has nothing to do with you at all. And it does have something to do with your husband, but he may have nothing to do with why they lost. But you're kind of like answering for it in a way. Is that something you experience? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, especially just like in a day to day, like taking the kids to school and, you know, just lots of questions we field from just people we know, parents at the school and stuff like that. But um, as far as Scotty, like I think I'm not sure which wife it was that said, you know, don't ask him about a loss. He it, it, he used to be um, a lot more. um I don't know what the word is. A lot more grumpy when when a loss came. And I think since we've had kids, you know, he still feels those losses just as hard. But, you know, it's hard to come home and and be mad when you've got four kids just thrilled to see you and running into your arms. So um, I've seen the change in that, you know, like it, it's they help. I'm sure. I'm curious for like the difference that you might, yeah, maybe there's no difference, but from my understanding, like Colin Coward is my personal favorite broadcaster, you know, FS1 now, long time with ESPN. But he told the story with ESPN execs regarding Dick Vitale. And he said, Dick Vitale, this guy traveled with them for 20 years on the road, all these towns, this ESPN guy. Dick Vitale has never once, according to this guy, been approached negatively. Everybody loves him. He's Dickie V. But you go on Twitter, and it's like, oh, his shtick is old. It's not that they hate him personally, but it's like, oh, like, shut up, Dickie. Like, just retire. It's, it's 90-10 negative, and it's 100-0 positive. In 20 years, he never saw one bad thing. There is negativity on Twitter for everybody. I mean, not sure. just your husband. I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets <laughs> shit on, on Twitter. I mean, if Tom Brady's not safe, no one is. Right. Have you ever had that experience where someone's come up to you negatively in person? Like, I, I don't mean asking about a loss. I mean, like, yeah. what the hell's wrong with your husband's defense or anything crazy like that? <laughs> Thankfully, not in person, um, probably because they don't know who I am. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, but definitely on Twitter. You know, I think you and I talked about that a little bit this this fall and and um it got interesting for sure. Why are they, why are they <laughs> messaging you? I mean, why why bother you though? I don't know. I don't know. Um, like, what what did they say? I know we talked about yeah. it. I don't. I never got a quote. I don't. Yeah. You, never, you just um, said you were getting stuff. Like, yep. One guy wanted me uh, to let my husband know that he's the most hated man in Michigan, and he hoped he got AIDS. That was one of them. So you oh. know, just really, it's like. You know, you kind of have to we've always sort of laughed at stuff like that. And, you know, I think there's an article at one point that referenced like, you know, hey, dad, you're did you know you're a big fat loser? And, you know, people will say things like that and we'll tease Scotty about it. And um, and we just kind of have a good time with it and, and try not to take it too seriously. But but, yeah, those those direct messages got a little much this year. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's one thing just as a Michigan State guy, I don't like the negativity i'm not saying everyone's beyond criticism but i mean the extent and the temperature of it sometimes yes even in general with the coach like even 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 if you're not personal but just it can be so venomous but once you're messaging the spouse i feel like you're kind of like that's i'm kind of out yeah. on somebody that would do something like that because i've had bad days on twitter before believe me and people remind me i have never messaged someone's spouse right. and, and been like hey fuck your husband or <laughs> to hell with your wife or whatever i just i think that's crazy but I think in general, the Michigan State, uh, Michigan State fan base seems to be pretty supportive and positive, oh, I, right? I think so, especially, you know, when I'm with Scotty, if we're out in public, nobody's ever said anything bad. And people come up and, and talk to him and, and, you know, say nice things. And so that's really nice. So we haven't had like in-person stuff. It's a lot easier to, to critique somebody behind a screen, right? So um, that's just, I guess, par for the course. That's just kind of how it goes. And and you just deal with it, I guess. Uh, you guys seem to have it figured out because, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to have like a little powwow with you after and get your advice because I, the, my mentions, I don't know if you've ever looked at these, but <laughs> my mentions are so toxic. I mean, it, it's like you, I can like kind of poke at Michigan on something like they're arguing about a replay review and people are like finding pictures of me with my wife and like photoshopping them and stuff. Wild. It's, it's crazy. But it's just like, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. But But it's, and believe me, I'm not at your husband's level profile wise, even close. I'm not at even close to Dick Vitale, but my experience has been the same too, where, yeah. you know, especially in East Lansing, I get re recognized a lot and no one has ever come up to me and like, Hey, F you, but they will on Twitter daily. Wild, right? It's wild. It just, you know, it's, 
fans are passionate and thank God they are right. Like what's better than a passionate fan? Not much, yep. but you know, sometimes it, it gets over the line and you know, maybe that person just had a bad day that, you know, I guess that's kind of how I take it. Like I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't message somebody's spouse, but um, maybe they had a really bad day. And, and I just try to look at it as like, well, they love Michigan state and there's the silver lining. Everything has yeah. a silver lining and that's it for me. They love Michigan state and we're lucky to have the passionate fans we have. Well, I agree with you on that part. <laughs> I, I got to tell you some of the people in my uh, DMS and mentions, they're having a lot of bad days because it's, it's like, <laughs> It's like six out of the seven days a week. And I don't know if they like just, you know, they rested on the seventh day like God or what was going on. But yeah, it, it is kind of wild. But I did see it start to transition in particular your guy's case and your husband's case midseason. And that it started to kind of flow in a more positive direction. Um, you know, I do want to get into that later, but I, I'm curious more right now for the family dynamic with the kids that you guys have mm -hmm. and all the, the duties that you guys have. I know you said he's, he's more quality over quantity by default. Yes. He can't really help that. But is there ever a time where you're kind of sitting there on a Tuesday night and all four of your kids are asking you questions? I have three, <laughs> so I've had it, you know, and you're just like, is there, is there a little bit of resentment there? Like a little bit of like, come on, like, you know, you know go be an accountant or something. <laughs> Maybe um, years ago, like in the beginning when, when things were just, life was just tougher. It's, it's harder with young kids. You know, our kids are um, nine, no, 10, 12, 15 and 17. I do it too. We I just do. had a birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're older and you know, life is just easier. We're kind of an easy street. We've got a driver and almost another driver. So I have a lot of help. My mom lives with us, which is amazing. And so I have that help now, but, but early on in our marriage, when we were living away from family and, you know, you, you really, you're alone, you, you move to a new place and, you know, thank goodness for other coaches wise, because you have, you know, you're alone, you don't have family, but you have a built-in support system. And, and that's really, especially with younger kids. And I think, you know, I see it now with, with the younger people on our staff, they all kind of lean on each other. They get together, lots of play dates. And that, that's what we did too. We made it work because all of us were in the same position. All of our husbands were gone. And so it was just us, you know, and, and, and it, it worked and it was fun. It was a, it was a great um, phase of life. And, you know, we met really good friends and spent a lot of time. Those wives that we were with, Back in the, our earlier days, still some of my best friends today. So you've retained those oh, friendships. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That angle is interesting too. I, my best friend is a pro hockey player. He's with the Blackhawks now, but I think they're like his sixth or seventh team. But, oh. you know, by proxy, really good friends with his wife. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing her a little bit, but she was saying last summer, like, yeah, my friendship group kind of changes every year or yeah. every two years, every three years as he's moved around the league. And you've been, I think it's nine states you've lived in? I think it is. With your yeah. husband, right? Yeah, I think it is. So I know you're keeping some of these friendships along the way, but is it a little bit like, ah, oh, I just got my book club rolling, or <laughs> I just got this, you know, my, my mom does like a game night with her friends, yeah. but my dad is in transient in his job, so he's been done the same thing forever. Is that like kind of frustrating, the constant like, oh, you know, we got a call, I got to go join Mel at Michigan State. We just got situated here in Kansas. Like, what's right. that like? Yeah, it's bittersweet for sure. We, you know, we, there, we've had a couple stops where we've been one year, I think three stops where we've been, you know, one and, and then moved on a couple where we've been two. Um, Kansas was a one year and um, we loved Kansas. It was it was a really wonderful stop for us. We had the best neighbors ever who will be our friends till the day I die. And um, so that was hard, you know, because we did kind of it. It takes a minute like, you know, you get established with your coach's wives and you have that. But then you got your kids in school. And so you're meeting moms there and and you meet a couple friends and you get along and you kind of get a group. And, and then it is time to go. And that it's like, oh, bummer, because the, these seem like really good girls. But um, every place has really good people. That's what I've learned about this. Every place has really good people. and and we're just really lucky to have lots of these people in our lives. I mean, that is the advantage of the coaching situation. And for, you know, in my buddy's case, it's the player's wife's not coach's wife sure. that they're hanging out with, but it's kind of like a unwillful joining of a fraternity or sorority. For it's sure. like, Hey, you know, like it or not, here's your 20 <laughs> friends, but you know, they do, they do tend to have each other's backs and you know, it's it, so even though, yes, it is hard to move around, if you were, like I said, an accountant or a military wife that's moving around, 
you know, it's a little bit harder. You know, yeah. at least you kind of have that built in, I would think, kind of coterie with like, okay, there's all these other people in the similar situation, right? For sure. And oftentimes when you make that move, you're making it to a staff that you know somebody or maybe, you know, you're bringing somebody with you. Like when we came here, um, Scotty brought his assistant from Kansas and, you know, we love them and, you know, they're not with us any longer. They moved on, but um, it was great, you know, having somebody we knew here and because it was a new staff to us, we didn't know anybody on staff um, coming here, which has happened before and it all all works out and as it did here. You're Midwest. You said you're from Minnesota. I am. Can so, you hear it? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you're, you're at home. I mean, it's, it's not Minnesota, but we're, you know, we're cousins. Michigan right. has the same kind of northern, you know, it's like the northern twang and yes. they're very similar. So you didn't have maybe the same culture shock. I've talked to you know people that came from Texas and they had been in Georgia, Texas, California, but never, <laughs> you know, north of kind of the, the midline. You know, so at least you didn't have that culture shock at all. But I know you mentioned before the show when we were just talking off camera that you had, you know, a news background, which immediately kicked up my senses because mm -hmm. that's my not news, but broadcasting journals. And that's what I was you know, trained in with school and love and I'm passionate about. But is there a conversation that you had to have with Scotty? I don't know when you were dating or when you were first married or whatever it was where, OK, he's a football coach, you know, going in. This is the deal. I mean, you're going to be, you can be the best coach in the world. You're, you'll have seven stops. Bill yeah. Belichick coached in three spots. I mean, even he moved around for a while. I, it, did you have a conversation with Scotty where like, look, I, I'm, I got my broadcasting thing I want to do. You had to consciously give it up, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And, and that was okay. It was something I wanted to do, but ultimately I just, I really, we knew we wanted a family and we knew that we, um, wanted me to stay home and raise the kids. And, and so that opportunity arose. Um, we had Ava in our, for, at the end of our first year of marriage and our head coach, we were at a little D2 school in Missouri, Missouri Southern, um, the Lions. And our head coach died mid-season, had a massive heart oh. attack in the offices. Coaches did CPR, like tragic. And we were all, we were really tight, you know, a little division two, I mean, I think Scotty slept under his desk some nights. Like, you know, we were, it was a tough, tough program, but just a small little school and we were all really close and that coach died. And, you know, so the new coach comes in at the end and, and fires everybody. Cause that's, that's what happens. Yeah. And, um, we ended up at Michigan tech. We ended up, this is our second stint in Michigan. Oh. And, um, there just wasn't anywhere to work up there. And so that's when I started staying home and, and we just, you know, we just kind of made it work. And, and I've been home ever since and really happy about that. I've done a little, you know, writing on the side here and there, but um, for the most part, just been home. And, but it was, it was a conscious decision. And, you know, as we were getting married, we just knew that was, that was our plan at some point. And I was happy to stay home and be a mom. I appreciated my mom a lot more when I saw what, what you know, having kids is like and how much work my wife does, you know, to help run things. So I'm just amazed. Because I, I think I, I could do the primary caregiver thing with multiple kids, but I'd probably be pretty irritable all the time, you know, like, or at least a lot of the time. And, you know, I'm just in awe of, I mean, I know it's cliche. My wife thinks it's, it's patronizing, but it really is like the most important job. I think the hardest job. I, I, I mean, yeah. So you're with me. I'm going to tell my wife that Brooke Hazelton's got my back because it is, it's not meant to be patronizing. It's true. It's like, and I think, and I didn't realize it until I was a parent, but it's like, it's hard even with the tandem. And that's why I said earlier, like having your husband gone or uh, on the road or just very busy, it, it's, that's, I have respect for you. It's, I don't know how you do that, but I'm impressed by that. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it, you would do it too. It's just kind of what it is. But I agree, it is, it is the most important job. I mean, we're raising the future, right? And and I hope I'm doing a good job. <laughs> I think I am. Wonderful. They're, yeah, they're just pretty the pictures nice. I saw. It looks like a very wholesome family. I, I, they look cool to me. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I would do it too. If my wife gets offered a job as a coach at Michigan State, I'll, I'll stay at home with the kids, honey. I'll live vicariously through her. So I'm curious, you know, we talked about the family angle, the, sort of the pressures on you, if at all, of, I mean, for lack of a better term, avoiding controversy, the it's sort of a politician's wife conundrum where, you know, the politician could be one of the five on the planet that are, you know, squeaky clean. But then, of course, the spouse goes and has like a mean tweet or something. <laughs> yeah. So we pulled a couple examples of other coaches' wives getting into hot water. I'm curious kind of you're reflecting on that and how it affects your behavior at all if you have to think about that stuff. Ben, can you run that real quick? 
This video is lighting up social media. It shows the head coach's wife kissing players on the University of Florida football team. It's a game day tradition. Some are calling it gross and disrespectful. I think a high five is cool. I'm gonna say no bueno on the hugs and kisses. Sports blogger Karen Phillips accuses the coach's wife of sexually harassing the football team. Of course, grown-ups can get just as carried away. Her name is Lynn Marshall, and she's the wife of the coach of the Wichita State team. Security reportedly had to be called three times after she was allegedly overheard screaming curses at the opposing team, Kentucky. Witnesses said she was escorted out after security came back a fourth time. His wife, Shelly, had a little message for you saying, um, newsflash, or maybe not, he gets none of my attention, should get no one else's either. I don't listen or watch him or his network anymore. Yeah, you know what was interesting? Uh, you, the reason why you couldn't put that tweet up yeah. is that after Urban was asked about it Monday, Shelly Meyer deleted the tweet. When your husband left his coaching job, where did he come and work? To the very network that you said you no longer want to watch. You didn't have a problem with ESPN then. So why do you have a problem with ESPN now? Because something happened at The Ohio State that every network under the sun discussed, and somehow we're the problem? So small sampling, but there's a ton of those stories out there where Coach didn't do anything. Now, Urban Meyer actually did do some stuff. <laughs> but yeah, and the coach can just be minding his own business and the spouse says something. Is that something that you have to even think about? Like, I have to watch what I say on like Facebook or something, or is it just kind of whatever, say la vie? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, and it's new. Like, it hasn't, we, Scotty's had many different jobs and, you know, he's been a coordinator in the Big 12. He's been a linebacker coach in the NFL, but none is, big of a stage as Michigan State, right? And so, yeah, um, yeah, I think twice often about what I tweet or write or I don't ever want to be the cause of a problem at his job ever that, you know, I don't ever want to be I'm I'm his support. I'm I'm his wife. I don't ever want to cause a problem like that. So, yeah, I definitely think think long and hard that that video. Um, with her kissing the <laughs> yeah <laughs> now i don't think she was sexually harassing i think she's a mom and you look at those boys like they're your kids and and you truly feel love for them like i love those kids i like jacoby decided to come back and i was like oh yeah you know like i feel it in my heart you know just like just like their moms do maybe not as strong but that's just that's just another mom kissing a kid. That's all that was. Oh, I agree. <laughs> and for the record, I was ready to kiss Jacoby when he said he was coming <laughs> right? back too. So I can relate to her in that regard. So you relate to the mom kissing. You don't relate to the wife screaming, being confronted four times by security. No, so you're not at right. Spartan Stadium you know, F-bombing the, the refs. And I am not at Spartan Stadium F-bombing any refs. I, I have been known to maybe, you know, ask a neighboring um, football fan to you know, not call players names and not maybe be as, as, um, crude around our kids. You know, we're, we're seated kind of, we're in the mix of everybody. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, you're we're, good. <laughs> we're together, but, um, we're in, in the mix of, of season ticket holders and things like that. And so, you know, it's, it's tough to hear for sure. You know, I, there was one time this, this year, a guy kind of really, really went off on one of our players and it's hard to hear, you know, like those kids, they're just kids trying to do their best. Right. And that that's really where if I ever would get mad at somebody, that's that's when it's going to happen, that they're saying something awful about one of the kids. Like I, I get I get that, you know, you have a real feeling of protection for these kids and and you want them just like your own kid, like you just want them to do their best and, you know, they want to do their best. And and it's tough when you hear somebody shouting negatively at them you know grown men shouting at kids playing football it's wild to me yes i well and here's here's the thing that that's what makes me think about is you're talking about obviously twitter was a thing for a while you know people messaging you whatever idiot fan whatever that's going to be in you know perpetuity forever that predates <laughs> twitter unfortunately that's always going to be a component but you guys and i know you can't get into the nitty-gritty i told darian i know you can't get into the nitty-gritty when darian harris was here but the Michigan incident this year, I think you guys had that in spades in terms of that negativity and people going after the kids. I and mean, Xavier Henderson, and not to take my word for it, 
go on the guy's Instagram right now and see, you know, you may have to scroll back a couple of photos, mm -hmm. but see what people were saying on his post in that week. Xavier Henderson was the guy that broke up the scuffle and yeah. told the guys to get to the locker room. He was facing racist remarks and uh, threatening remarks. Not I'm going to kill you, but like, you know, hope you get killed mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Hope you get run over. That was the guy yeah. who, not that anyone deserved it, yeah. but that was the guy who was breaking it up. I mean, did you have some sense? Of, I mean, did you see it in your household at all where everyone's kind of coming down at us or on us and, and coming after us? And they got this wrong. Jacoby Woodman's a great guy. He's not this terrible person people are saying. Mm -hmm. Did that weigh on you at all? It did. Um, I just, my heart hurt for the kids because like X, what a great kid. He is a great kid. And I saw that stuff too. And how sad that somebody would think those things, number one, and then say them, number two, and number three, at a college kid? Like, come on. I just, I'll never understand that. Um, but yeah, the negative stuff, about Jacoby. Jacoby's a wonderful kid. I mean, the he is. These are really good kids who had, you know, maybe an off night. They made a mistake and that happens, right? Like that just happens. They're still good kids. My heart hurt for for the negativity they were facing because I know that they're not inherently bad, right? They're they're good kids who got caught up in something. That's all. Well, we've had I mean, this is our 75th episode. <laughs> It's not always a solo guest. We've had some repeats, but we've had, you know, with our multi-panels, probably over 100 guests. But I had Jacoby on with Darius and X five or six days before the game this year. And I said afterward that night that Jacoby Winman is either first or second on my nicest people I've ever had in list. I mean, really, only Kenneth Walker's even close. It, I mean, they're similar level. Like, it, Jacoby... Yes, sir. No, sir. I told him, like, hey, Eddie, soldier, you know, you're fine. He was so polite and nice and, and, you know, open, you know, hey, you can ask me whatever. And honestly, I mean, he was one of the one or two nicest people I've ever had come through. And then obviously, you know, I'm not going to get into this, the stuff that happened in that, you know, 15 seconds, whatever it was. But suddenly he's not in our house, but outside of our house of Pariah. And mm -hmm. I'm not anyone's mom. I don't have any official affiliation with the university. But I felt defensive too, as someone that met him and cares about the school. And I just, I had to think that week was just tough for you guys because, and this is the key point, you didn't respond. Nobody responded. I'm astounded that all the players, coaches, wives, administrators, their wives, their friends, there wasn't one person with a direct tie, either their employee or their spouses to the university that came out and commented on that. I mean, you guys had the most Fort Knox thing ever. So, I mean, did you feel kind of like, I want to push back on this, but I can't. What was that like? Yeah, you know, you see all that stuff and and like the devil on their shoulders saying, just write this back, write this back. But, you know, you can't like you want to. Um, it was like Fort Knox, I think. But um, it's because, you know, I think mostly because anything we would have said would have been wrong. Right. It wouldn't have mattered. So that's probably the biggest reason why nothing was said. Um, it's just never it wouldn't have been OK, no matter which which way it went. Right? Well, the proof of that is within 24 hours, you had an apology, suspensions, admission of culpability. And it was still like, you know, thug this and, you know, renegade program that it's like you did everything by the book. I mean, John, you Bacon's a friend of mine. He's on the Michigan side and said, you know, that he didn't say he reported things that other people said that were unflattering. I get he's the mission guy. People hate that. I even have him on. This is not a Michigan State show, believe it or not. <laughs> but you know, he was saying. Michigan State handled this perfectly. Like, they did everything perfectly. That's the Michigan guy. He's a Michigan alum. He's a Michigan writer. He loves Michigan. He defended us, and I appreciated that. But it's like, I mean, you said it didn't matter because we did handle everything yeah. perfectly. And, I mean, you showed restraint. You know, the coaching staff showed restraint. Um, I didn't. I mean, I, I was very passionate about this stuff, but I had to think, yeah, I was curious for your take on that. It's got to be frustrating because it's like, you can't be the one to talk. Right. Like, it has to be. Mel Tucker, basically, like he, Scotty couldn't. Yeah, it would be no. wrong for you can't have, the, you know, a coordinator come out when the coaches right. Fort Knox. So right. I just that had to have been frustrating, I would think. Yeah, it was. Thank goodness for people like you who did the talking for us. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I mean, believe, I'm not going to name names, but I did have people message me with the football program and one with the just university on the academic side administration just saying like thank you yeah. for talking about this stuff because you know we're so hamstrung and I know they felt 
unfairly maligned. And even if people said, look, you know, this incident was bad and we take responsibility for it, nobody should be out there ripping on Xavier Henderson. I mean, that's an objective wrong, right? Even if you even if you want to burn all the involved kids to the ground, which is absurd, but at least that has some like correlation right. and connection and rational thought, you know, and they felt really hamstrung. And, you know, it's, I don't know if there was one company-wide or university-wide email with you guys where it was like, hey, everyone be quiet, but nobody talked. Yeah, no, there wasn't. But I think everybody just kind of knew, you know, it was such a, a tough situation. And um, yeah, it just, it was tough. But um, X is a great kid. And that, that's that really, really sad that people treated him like that. I think it just, you know, that just allowed the the rivalry to keep being as as mean as it it was i've never seen i've never seen as crazy of a rivalry as this one every place we've been this is intense intense you've and you've been around the country yeah. so that's that says something yeah. this is yeah what is, should we cancel the rivalry for a year that's, that's <laughs> did you see that proposal? i saw people were talking about that yeah, yeah. you don't think we should no, cancel the no, game next year no yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, if sad. we if if we had won and we had Paul Bunyan not with a blindfold that's a maze blindfold in my studio, I'd be like, yeah, let's take a five year yeah. break and we'll just keep him in the trophy case for five years. But because we have to go get him back next year, uh, so I, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. I'd be a little bit more open to that. I'm not amenable to it while they have the trophy. But yeah, it, it is interesting and the negativity. You know, we talked about it earlier in a general matter with with Twitter and stuff. And I mean, people were comment. I, I would be talking about like the basketball team. You know, something about a, a complaint about the basketball team, you know, general or saying, hey, and I don't think Michigan stacks up well against us this year or whatever. I, there were a couple examples, totally unrelated, nothing vitriolic at all. And my mentions are like, why don't you worry about your thug football program? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so, what, are we, what are we doing? Like, what are we even talking about here? You know, but that's, that's you know, I could push back and I did it. I've made fun yeah. of these people and, you know. That did not help, actually. Believe it or not, that, that did make things worse. So maybe maybe the Fort Knox approach is the way to go. But it's not in my wiring to just sit there and take that. But wait, you, I mean, you have kids. I, I mean, I dropped my daughter off right before Christmas break to school. And uh, there's a kid that wears a Michigan shirt. He's in the lineup right next to her. And he's I, and I, a lot of times I have like a state polo on or something. It's the morning. And he's always chirping me this like six-year-old. And it's, it's he's six, whatever. Like, I don't care. But uh, my daughter said that, you know, the kid wasn't being mean, but he was teasing her after the Michigan, Michigan State game this year, like kind of ha ha, what happened to you, you know, tell your dad, ha ha, whatever. Yeah. And it, she didn't, she didn't care. She was, she was like, whatever. But um, <laughs> it wasn't like a bowling scenario. I'm not trying to say that. But my point is, like, kids are aware of this stuff. She's six. <laughs> and the kid is like, ha ha, Michigan yeah. State lost. You know, you have, I think you, you was your youngest six, you said? Um, 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where I got that. So, um, you know, obviously they're even more aware and kids are yeah. unfortunately progressively meaner and stuff. Is that something I guess your, one of your kids ever come home and said, you know, mom, they, I mean, not specifically related to the Michigan game, but just in general, mom, somebody said this and like they're crying or they're upset or is that something you deal with? Yeah. You know, not really. Um, the boys, you know, our boys are, are 10 and 12 and, and I think, you know, like last year when we beat Michigan um, and and e even with any rivalry, we've always kind of had a little talk with them. Like, you know, don't brag, don't be boastful, you know, like what would Jesus do basically? Right. Yeah. Like do that. And so, you know, we just have little reminders about that. And, and so like this year when we didn't win, um, you know, we just reminded them like, you know, it might happen. Not everybody has the same rules. Right. And and, you know, I think they got a little a little rousing, not bad. I think the worst part was just, you know, my my daughters are on social media. So they had I, I had them get off Twitter and, you know, at, they're in at high some school. Point. Yeah. Yeah. They were right in the wheelhouse yeah. for people being mean. I yeah. hate to say it. But yeah. yeah. Friends at school, everything was fine. It was just, you know, they saw that Twitter stuff, too. And that that was hard for them. But you know, they can be off Twitter and they don't have to see it. So yeah. for the most part, in person with friends, everybody's pretty good. I mean, you're raising them right. My parents never had and they're wonderful people, but they never had the conversation with me about don't go peacocking down the hallway. <laughs> so if Michigan State ever won. I was always going. I was like flapping my wings and I could not be more showy. Of course, I didn't have the onus of being a coach's <laughs> kid. So I'm not going to reflect poorly upon anybody but myself. But I just I, I've always been like, you know, we talk about the life angle. I have been fascinated by the kid angle, too. I mean, because I went to school with, um, he was in my class, Mike Gillich, the third, his 
uh, since passed grandpa, you know, owned Red Wings, Tigers, Olympia, you know, multi-billionaire. And he was a great guy. Everyone loved him. There were times like the Tigers were really bad and people would say stuff. Um, mostly like kind of behind his back. But ever since then, I've always thought like it, yeah. it's got to be tough. Like because you have such a public, you know, in his case, it was his grandpa. Maybe not quite as bad as if it's your dad. But, you know, even if you guys just lose and the defense played great, it's like you're, yeah. you're still kind of in that bubble. Right. But yeah. so they're, the kids are mostly nice in the yeah, Okemos yeah. School District or wherever. I don't know. You have to see where you live, yeah. but wherever you're <laughs> wherever they're at. Uh, yeah, we're in a really good school in Lansing, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Good, good. Yeah, good. It's, I mean, because that was my concern with the you know the kid angle, especially with the Michigan stuff and going on. So the the Michigan State fan base perception of of Scotty Hazelton, people are starting to come into my camp here. It's, it's, it's the bandwagon, the bandwagon. It's starting to, to hop on, but. We grabbed a couple of my tweets that, I mean, this goes back to last year. So I was very early on the Scotty train. Uh, ben, can you roll up our, our little three-tweet slideshow? So this is me. This is this is November. So we're, I mean, going on two years ago, November 21. I believe in Scotty Hazleton and hope anyone fuming at him takes a breath. The guy has a very good track record. He didn't forget how to coach. This season has been a blast, but we are in the infancy of this thing. He's going to be a big part of what we are doing onward. Go to the next one. I'm a believer in Scotty Hazelton, really bright guy, a damn good football coach, put in a tough spot since he got here, referring to the recruiting and all the 2020 stuff. Uh, looking forward to that unit's growth. Ben, I think we got what one more. Scotty Hazelton. This is me. This is me dunking on everybody <laughs> after the things turned around. This is November of this year. Scotty Hazelton took a bunch of guys playing racquetball at IM West and locked up the 16th ranked team on their home field. Apology letters can be mailed to 1855 place, 550 South Harrison Road. That's the football offices up there. So, I mean, my my position has not wavered. But even especially this year, and there were other examples where I'm, you know, because you've seen some of the stuff. I, 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 I'm a Scotty guy. Like, I think he's going to do a great job here, and I don't think he's had anything to do with any of their deficiencies. Okay. Uh, but I was getting pushed back from people at the time, people that normally like myself. It's like, oh, come on, and we're – 73rd in this and 86th in that. And, you know, but people did start to transition. Did you see even whether it was, you know, the amount of mean DMs you got or just what you kind of stumbled across? Did you kind of feel that change this year, midseason as the defense was playing better? I did. Yeah. And um, before I I say any more about that, that last tweet where Scotty took, you said something from I am West. That's where I used to play pickup basketball. It's like the rec center for the students. Yeah. So, um, his mom called me and said, did you see that tweet? Oh, yeah. I got, I got <laughs> Mama Hazelton out for her. She was so happy. Do <laughs> oh, you show the other 37? Yes. I, I could print a book for her. Oh, we, we know. You're, you're one of the good ones. Well, I, and I'm not a homer, <laughs> honestly. I'll be honest. I, now, I would not be sending you messages. But if I, if I thought that he wasn't good, I would express that I had problems with it. I mean, sure. I, my license plate is TM Izzo. I'm the biggest Tom Izzo <laughs> fan alive. But I have done entire shows where I'm like, why doesn't he use the transfer sure. portal more? I want him to be more like Mel in that regard. And so, like, if I didn't think that, I wouldn't say it. There are people out there, you know, Sam Webb on the Michigan side. Everything Michigan does is the most wonderful thing ever. That's not me. That's my genuine feeling. And I, and I think I'm going to be vindicated. I'm, I'm in the early stages of vindication. But I think I'm going to be vindicated more and more going forward. And this was really, in terms of the public sphere, obviously, I know people in my friendship circle that are big fans of Scotty as well. But in terms of people with any type of platform, it was a two-man show, and we're both named Justin. Justin Thind, my buddy, athletic contributor, uh, 24-7 Sports, is another guy that was really defensive of Scotty, in particular this year at the beginning. Ben, can you throw up some of uh, Justin, the other Justin's <laughs> thoughts on this? So this was earlier this year. Quote, most of the complaints levied against Scotty Hazleton aren't fair. When half of your front six is injured and your free safety struggles in coverage, it doesn't matter what Hazleton calls. MSU's biggest weaknesses have been third down defense and scoring defense. Hazleton's unit at Kansas State was second in the nation in the former and first in the Big 12 in the latter. He didn't suddenly forget how to coach. And then you fast forward about a month later, I think it was. Michigan State fans were frustrated by Scotty Hazleton's cushion coverage against Washington, but Minnesota beat guys off the line for three touchdown drives and press man coverage the following week. What is left for Hazleton to try? The talent level just isn't there yet, and it's worth noting Mel Tucker's oldest recruits are still inexperienced freshmen and sophomores. So his mentions on those tweets and that those articles were 
not quite as bad as mine because he's a more likable guy, maybe. <laughs> but we we got so much shit. But now you're starting to see Scotty Hazelton, you know, redemption, Scotty Hazelton revenge tour. He didn't learn anything in week six <laughs> this year, right? I mean, so you're kind of tethered to the irrational emotions of the fans. Are you, are you able to just completely check out of that? Did it bother him when that stuff was out there? Yeah, no, he doesn't pay attention to any of that. He is laser focused. He really is. He doesn't, he's not a social media guy. You know, he does it for recruiting and that's about it. Um, really the only, the only negative things he hears is what we tease him about. So, um, but yeah, that, um, that was hard, you know, it was because there were injuries, there were, you know, circumstances outside of his control, right? Like kind of like Justin said, it was just, it was a tough start to the season and and through the season. But um, I think I definitely felt it changing and, and just the feeling for him changing on social media and stuff. And um, so I, I think, I don't know, the, the season ended, you know, it, it went when kids got back and and things um, got back to normal. It it went better and and I think we were still kind of handicapped throughout the season, even when people were back. You know, we still had suspensions and things like that. You yes. know, so it was a challenging season. But um, I'm glad to see things like you and Justin saying that because it, i mean that is true he didn't forget to coach i promise <laughs> no and, and it's funny because and your thing about tunnel vision rings true with my experience in other conversations i'm i mean the show's out there i'm 99 sure this conversation happened on camera but i'm always talking to people before and after i can't remember but when i had jacoby darius and x on the show five days before that mission game i asked them you know you guys were here jacoby wasn't but the other two you guys were here for this you know, 11 and two season. It was, you know, everyone was in a great mood. Nobody saw it coming. And now you're in the midst of, I mean, at the time, I can't remember their exact record, but it was a losing record. I'm pretty sure 500 or whatever it was, it was not going as well. And I asked them, have you seen a difference in Mel Tucker? Have you seen a difference in your coach, Scotty? And all of them said, no, nah, both of them, I should say they had both experiences said, not really. I mean, Mel Tucker, Scotty Hazleton, all our staffs, you would not know if I dropped you in to a meeting in 2021 and then I dropped you into a meeting in 2022 and you didn't know which was which. You wouldn't know what year you were in. Yeah. There's no, I mean, Scotty's the exact same as he was in the building. I, I don't know if he came home and was a little bit more, you know, ir irritable or something, but like, it's he, you kind of have to just keep rolling, right? For sure. And that, I mean, I think that's, that's totally true. He just and and tuck too. They they do it like they do what they do, and that's they are who they are, and and that's what it is. And they do their job. They're they're working. It's sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we don't get a W, and sometimes we do. But but the the work doesn't change, right? Like he found his how to coaching how to coach <laughs> book or whatever, right? Like mid season, he found his his X's and O's book or something. But, but that's what people say. Now you can have grace, and you guys do have grace, and you should have grace. I don't have that kind of grace. I was dunking on everybody <laughs> when the defense was playing better, and I look forward to continuing to do that going forward. But yeah, I mean, you can't really get into that stuff. I mean, that let like Odell Bredham and I handle that. Odell Bredham <laughs> yeah. and I will, will will grab the pitchforks for you. But I don't. I just I was disappointed to see some of that stuff you know, from our fans, especially really early. I thought it was really, really dumb last year. I mean, I pulled some of the examples of, of me calling people out last year. It's like, guys, been here for five seconds. <laughs> I mean, I, not to, I love D'Antonio too, but Cupboard was a little bare, you know, recruiting was way down. Mel Tucker's recruiting via Zoom with, I'm sure Scotty was participating in the Zoom recruiting, yeah. you know, pitches as well. And it's like, can we give this guy five seconds? It's like, I don't see some stacked bunch of NFL first rounders back there and the coach is just fumbling around and can't figure it out. But I, I don't know. I, you have grace. Uh, I have a little bit of less grace. I, I'll, I try to like channel you more often uh, going forward. But, you know, it's, and that's the thing with that job is like if a plumber has a bad day at the office, no one's messaging the plumber <laughs> right. on Twitter. They're definitely not messaging the plumber's wife because yeah. they won't even know how to find the, player's wa <laughs> the plumber's wife. And even if they did, they're not going to message his wife, presumably. You know, you're kind of victim to or re recipient of if it's positive sort of the experience that your husband has at work i just i think that's you know for sure and you know sometimes it's really fun that you know you're right i'm i'm the victim or the recipient right and 
it's as as much as it sort of sucks it's so fun too like I love reading all the nice things about Scotty that's like that's so fun because I I think all those I think he's the best person ever the best coach the best father the best husband the, just the best dude and so I love that when other people can see that he's great right but um so I I mean I love reading all the good stuff and so I guess if I'm going to accept that, I have to accept the bad stuff too, right? I guess. I mean, I, I just hate when it's in-house. If, yeah. if somebody, you know, from a different fan base wants to make fun of your coach, that's part of the game. I just, I hate kind of the in-stuff when it gets really, for one, it was just dumb to begin with. But even if it's warranted, like, don't message someone's wife. Like, come on, grow up. Um, you know, and then think of talking about your husband. I don't know what other people, people can think whatever they want. Don't say anything negative in front of the three guys I had on my show. Because, I mean, Darius was ready to throw down. And I have had guests on, and I'm not going to name names. It would never betray the trust. But I've had guests on my show that I asked them something. And they gave a, a wonderful political answer. And then after, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I I don't really. It's yeah. like, you know, it's not that they're lying, but it's a political. But sure. it's, it's couched. That was not the case there. They were talking about this before the show, after the show. They were ready to go. Ben, can you throw a little excerpt from our, our show with those guys? And yeah, let's see what that looked like a few months back. There's a perception now uh, that Michigan State has to get rid of Scotty Hazel. That he sucks. He's, he's horrible. Uh, you got to blow him out. I don't care what he did at Buffalo. Kansas State, get him the hell out of town. I think this is ridiculous. His track record, relatively short in that role prior but was impressive. I think, I mean, injuries aside, you and I may disagree. You say, you know, you cited a lot of injuries. I would cite, I don't know that they have the horses back there to function. A, isn't it insanely premature to even be talking about this? But B, even if he's ultimately not the guy, uh, you, you know, prematurity aside, I think he is. Am I crazy to think that he will ultimately vindicate me and make everyone out there seem like a bunch of Moses friends. Now, I, to the point of maybe hypocrisy, have defended Scotty Hazelton. I don't think he's the problem. I do not think he forgot how to coach. And I'm not just saying this because you guys are here. I have tweets about it. I've done shows about it. I am a Hazelton defender. Um, coach Hazelton is a great coach. He cares. He loves football. He loves us. Coach Hayes, he's a really good coach. You know, he does a good job with, you know, explaining everything to us keeping us all on the same page yeah i mean there was a part two where um, it's not in that run where darius no he basically described scotty like he's john nash in a beautiful mind like he's just like <laughs> the most brilliant football mind ever and and that's the thing it's like what do your players say about you the players and you know darian said the same thing to me on and off camera the players love that guy that's not always the case there's a lot i've had players different programs this program prior to mel tucker say they didn't like this position coach they had issues with this guy they, they really love this guy. I mean, that has to help even when the fans are negative to have the buy-in in-house, right? Oh, for sure. Um, and I think one of the things with Scotty, like what you see is what you get. You know, if what you see is what you get. He's out there right now. He'd come here and be on this this mic and he'd, he'd be just like he was before we started. Um, and I think that really is valuable. That's And it speaks volumes to players. You know, they don't have to wonder they don't have to wonder if he's um telling them the truth he's a truth teller he what you see is what you get and i think that just um makes them feel secure in their coach right so and that's reflective of you know what i hear about mel tucker too i mean i i reported when jeremy bernard obviously other side of the ball wide receiver was transferring and he went and i mean this is according to my reporting which i trust my reporting <laughs> based on the two people i talked to but you know jeremy went to mel tucker and said, look, like, I, I don't hate it here, but I got to get more assurances I'll be on the field. And Mel's like, well, I'm not promising you that. It's not because I don't think that you're great, but I don't promise anybody that. There's nobody here. It's the whole, you know, compete to stay thing. And I, I think that's kind of Scotty's mold, too, is I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. I'm not going to, you know, kind of butter you up. You know, I'll tell you how I can help you. And I mean, he seems to be as even just meeting him for 10 minutes. I mean, he just seems to be kind of there's no like, you know performance there at all right. he's not performative he's just he's very kind of like cut right to the chase right he really is yeah he's um very direct and you know how great like you know you just talked about jeremy and how how great to have a coach be that that honest with you yeah talk to say you know that he can't make that promise lots of coaches would say sure yeah 100%. don't worry about it yeah but 
Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, you're because yeah. you're not better off having the kid go, even if you think in your head, if you're Mel Tucker, this kid has a 20% chance of helping us, which is, I mean, in his case, that's way too low. But let's just say it still behooves you to be like, oh, you're playing next year to retain the 20% sure. versus zero if he's not here. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect that. And there, you know, there were, you know, some people saying, oh, like, come on, why, why didn't they use him more? whatever but it's like they they should have given him some assurances you know everyone knows someone said everyone knows he's going to be wide receiver two behind coleman anyway just tell him that but that would kind of betray the entire ethos of the coaching staff here i respect that you know and you'll there are some downsides to that but i think on a long enough timeline you benefit from that honesty for sure and you know i call these players kids but they're men you know they need to hear the truth and they should want to hear the truth. And I'm, sh- I'm sure they do. And I'm sure they appreciate it too. You know, that these are our kids growing into men and, and you have to treat them like that. Right. Like. That's the recruiting trail stories I hear. I mean, Kate Hauser was on the show telling me about this, yeah. like, you know, and a little bit off air too of, you know, it's they're selling Michigan state and here's how we can help you. But there's no like kind of sort of shading this or, you know, stick with us. I'm getting you in by year two. Like no one, I mean, Caton said, no one promised me anything other than an uh, equal opportunity. Right. Like that's, that's the only, you know, and there's, there's sort of faith in that. It's like, look, if I go and take care of what I need to take care of, I'll be on the mm-hmm. field. There's no, not only is there not favoritism, there's so almost maniacally anti-favoritism there. Yeah. I think it really promotes hard work, right? Like, yep. you know, if you're just expecting, if you just think, Hey, I'm going to be Number two, I'm going to be number one. Are you working as hard? I don't know. Maybe you are, but but if you don't know, maybe maybe that promotes extra work. I don't know. We need some bluntness in the fan base telling telling these morons. I saw a guy <laughs> when I was looking. I, I look. I was I was ninety percent of the way to using it in the show tonight, but I didn't want I don't want to put this guy on blast. <laughs> but there was somebody that had a tweet of it when I was looking for something totally unrelated to this. It was mid-year, it was like early October, mid-October, saying you absolutely have to fire Scott Aislinn. This is ridiculous. He has to go. And then he had a tweet, which I looked up after stumbling across the first one. I'm like, I wonder what else this guy said about Hazleton. And it was, it was like five or six weeks later, you absolutely have to keep Scotty Hazleton here. <laughs> like he, you can't let it back. I look at the improvement and we saw what happened. And it's like, if, if I had acted on your impulse, he would already be gone in this decision <laughs> Yeah, because he was like mad that someone else was saying like, oh, I'd move on from the coordinators. It's like, dude, five weeks ago, you were like, he has to go. And that's you are kind of like at the whims of these, you know, roller coaster crazy fans. Yeah. 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 You know, it's the passion, right? It goes back to the passion. You have to appreciate that. But I think I know which one you're talking about. I saw that. Uh, You saw it. I mean, I I wasn't even looking for this guy. I stumbled across it. I was like, oh, he's got his real name on there, which I automatically, I automatically respect that. Even if you say something dumb, people know that's my cause celeb. And I get messages from people DMing me saying, look, I can't be out there, man. Like I work for this firm, you know, I work for a big firm or whatever. It's like, that's fine. Don't call people thugs then. Yeah. Like, I mean, and you don't have to worry about it. Like, right. it's like, I have an employer too. Like I have, you know, I have kids I care about. I don't want to embarrass them. And, yeah. you know, 10 years from now, someone Googles their dad and I said something ridiculous. And maybe I'm already guilty of that in some regard. But like, I, it's, it drives me nuts. So this, this person actually had their real name on there. So it's like, you know, and he, he wasn't messaging you that I know of. I don't know. No, we'll talk no, after. If, he wasn't. Yeah. So it's, you know, but it's just funny. It's like, hey, jackass, if I had listened to you, yeah. this guy would already be gone. I mean, we had that. Um, thank you. Do we have that? Uh, the slideshow about Narduzzi. So Pat, do you know who Pat Narduzzi I is? I do, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, not direct predecessor, but a couple of years before he ended up, he's currently the head coach at Pitt. Yeah. He was our best defensive coordinator. And this was, you know, 09 in particular, but for a couple of years there, everybody wanted this guy like, on a stake. I mean, everybody hated Pat Narduzzi and East Lansing. And it was kind of the same stuff. It's like the recruiting wasn't there. It was just starting to pick up. Everyone wanted him gone. He ended up becoming one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Michigan State fans flipped to where they're having panic attacks that someone's going to poach him, which eventually oh, really? they did. He kept getting raises. Ben, do we have that? I can't remember if we pulled that or not. We do. So this was Moses Fram. What a, what a name. Jeez. That is his real name, too. This is Moses Fram in 2011. Fuck Pat Narduzzi and fuck Dan Roche, our offensive coordinator. Get some new defensive and offensive coordinators now. So that's September of 2011. Going to January. Fuck is Texas A&M about to hire Pat Narduzzi? Because there was a rumor Texas A&M was interested. This guy's the same guy. 
a couple months later, what the fuck? Why are they even looking at this guy? Let's fast forward. January 2012, please don't let Narduzzi go. We must pay the man. Oh. This is you know, later at the end of that year, 2012. Narduzzi pulls himself out of the Boston <laughs> College head coaching position. Thank God. Oh, Look at Moses, Moses Fram. Was that the last Moses Fram bet or do we got more Moses? That poor guy. He's really... That it? I mean, but that was the, but that was the thing. And you can see <laughs> that. Oh, 2014. <laughs> we're probably going to lose Narduzzi this year. I'm sad, but I'm also happy for him. He's earned it. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the last one. Twenty. This is after he's gone for Pitt, and uh, Pitt's number one in sacks, number seven in total defense. This is a reporter <laughs> at Pitt talking about how great the Pitt defense is doing, and you, Moses Fran chiming in four years after wanting the guy dead. <laughs> God, I miss you, Narduzzi. And that's you know that's one of the six or seven oh. act play, but I think we're kind of like on the third, second or third <laughs> Moses tweet now. You know, like where are you at in the Moses timeline? Where's Moses today? I Moses' account. <laughs> it's funny you ask. I looked because Moses that we pulled that from a different show I did like a year ago, and then we kind of recycled it. I went to get his Scotty Hazelton thoughts, and he has since gone private. I don't know if it's because of my show because he was public when I pulled him. But I have no idea what he thinks about Scotty. I should try to follow him. He's got like a protected account or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious if he's yeah. like, it'd be funny if he's, do you think he learned? I don't know. I mean, because if he's out there saying this guy's got to go, let's get rid of him regarding your husband. I would want to throw that graphic yeah. at him. Be like, hey, maybe he's learned. Hey, guys, yeah, I was really hard on their doozy. And yeah, I, I got to give this stuff time. But. I don't know. I'd probably give him a little bit too much credit. So I want to wrap there in terms of the, the body of the show. I know you've never missed an episode of our show. We do, you know, so you already know this, of course. But we Absolutely. do a quick speed round. It's, it's similar to word association, but you, know, you can talk for more than two seconds. We're just going to hit a couple of real quick ones. You got a couple okay. more minutes? Is that okay? You got it, yeah. Let's run, let's run the speed round, Ben. All right. I don't want anyone to stake you out, Brooke, so I'm hoping I'm not putting you in a bad spot here. But. <laughs> East Lansing or East Lansing area date night? Like, where are you going? Because the options are a little bit limited. I mean, no offense. That's my favorite place on earth. But, like, where are you going, Scotty? Hey, we're going out for a date. Like, do you have a spot up there? You know what? Sort of. We, so we live in DeWitt. And the Looking Glass, um, is, it's called the Looking Glass Restaurant. And it's an old um, church that's been renovated to a oh. bar restaurant and that's my favorite place close to us it's into it into it yeah i don't think i've cute even little, heard of it's that. a brewery it's way and they have great great brewed beers and it's really cute oh nice i'll have to check it out yeah I, i've honestly never even heard of it but yeah it sounds awesome the, the options are a little limited in east <laughs> lansing but yeah go out to do it you got some options uh your favorite state other than michigan because i know i don't want to bias the I know you got to say michigan but other than michigan you've lived in nine yeah what's your favorite state that you've lived in other than michigan you know i get asked that question a lot like what which one have we loved the best um and i always say every like florida okay i'll say florida had the best weather loved that but every state has something great. And we always try to take advantage of that. Like when we were at USC, we um, went to Disney. You know, when we lived in Florida, we did the Disney. We, um, when we lived in Reno, we made sure to go to Tahoe. And uh, Kansas didn't really have anything. You had great neighbors. <laughs> we had great, great neighbors. neighbors. Yeah. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. Didn't really have a destination, but um, we loved it and we loved the people. And so every state, you know, when we were in North Dakota, we were an hour from my family. So the weather sucked, but my family was near. Every place has been really wonderful. But um, the weather in Florida definitely has was the best. <laughs> that was a, that was the Jaguar stop, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't fault you for like in Florida, especially this time of year. But I, I, do your kids have a kind of like a favorite? A mom, why can't we go back to fill in the blank? Um, yeah, you know, I think, um, well, my kids asked to go back to Wyoming. The boys did the other day, but none, really? of, our, none of our friends are there. You know, they, yeah. they associate it with the friends we had there, but they're yeah. all gone. So, yeah. um, you know, I think, I think probably Florida really, Florida. because, you know, our kids were, our oldest was maybe like 10 when we lived there and we got, um, season passes to annual passes to Disney and we went 
27 times our first year. Oh. So, so we really, we take advantage of they what lost that's money on you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, we made yeah. money on Disney. The yeah. only people to say so. Um, but yeah, they probably, looking back, they'd probably say Florida just because of that. Yeah, 10-year-old yeah. me would be like Florida yeah. for sure. I, the Disney Pass especially. So I, I got to ask, from, a, from the female spouse perspective, Beard or no beard for your husband, which is like kind of the better look for him. Beard. You're, so you like the beard. I love his beard. And, you know, he's he's probably had it. He he grew it in, in Yeah, he, Yeah, that was a great. Throw that back up there, Ben. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. He, he honestly, <laughs> he looks, he looks like a different person. He honestly. does, doesn't he? No, he was. Um, He started growing it when we lived in Florida. And then I think in Wyoming, he um, the kids came down and said, Mom dad shaved his beard and i was like what why would he do that and and he had and i was like put it back like and and luckily you know it was back in like two days time basically you know oh, he, yeah. he grows fast but yeah i love his beard okay yeah, yeah. i see i can't rock that beard if i wanted to if, <laughs> when i try it looks like pencil shavings and it does not look attractive at all and yeah, so I, I can't rock the beard. But I like he's so iconic now. It's almost like a, a Michigan State fans would be mad if he lost <laughs> yeah, it now. So I'm glad you're in support. He wears it well, doesn't he? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and adds, especially like you gotta have a coordinator with some kind of like defining <laughs> characteristic. You know, I like having like, you know, it's the Ryan brothers are the same thing in the NFL. It's yeah. like you can you have that, you know, they have like kind of the long hair, hair and yeah. stuff, you know, Rob Ryan, the long hair. And yeah, I like having some like kind of you gotta have like a personality trait that's reflected somehow like visually in those spots. It's just fun to have a defensive coordinator with a giant beard. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you're on board because if you're like, oh, I beg him every day to shave it, I'd I be, love it. Yeah. And, and it it is very reflective of who he is. He's kind of lumberjacky and outdoorsy and just he's just a dude. He fits so. perfectly with the the Michigan, you know, state of Michigan totally. and the keep chopping. And yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It fits in perfectly. <laughs> so we touched on it a little bit, the friends in new places. So I think, you know, this might be redundant with our prior discussion, but it, just the frustration of establishing these new friends constantly. There has to be some friends along the way. I know FaceTime and stuff, but like you've probably not seen some of your best friends for like five years, right? Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely is true. Um that yeah you you meet these women and they do they become your best friends i have so like some of my very best friends are from our early days and and some of them are from our last couple stops you know so um yeah you know there's the coaches convention every year that a lot of wives go to and it's become a little reunion for me and my friends too i missed it this year but next year for sure so there's a coat like a national national yeah really? so, yeah it's what it just got done it was last weekend the same place every year do they move it around they move it around so it was in charlotte that's why we didn't go this year because you don't I, like north carolina i do but i we went to the charlotte one before and it was just it was too cold it just wasn't it wasn't fun oh i got gotcha. yeah it was a lot of walking around which is that's the fun part but if it's cold out no thank you yeah so um i think it's in nashville next year i'll go to that one oh, that's but yeah so fun. i'll meet we'll meet some some other some friends will go with their husbands and, and then the guys just go, you know, it's like every football coach from division three up to division one is in Charlotte that weekend. And they drink a lot of beer and, and we wives have a nice time and yeah, it's good. It's good. It's kind of like an informal reunion for yeah. you guys too. Yeah, you, know, for sure. you have a central location to kind of gather and congregate once a year. I, that's awesome. We'll finish your last one. We talked around him a little bit, but Mel Tucker, I, here's my setup for this. I've met Mel and had a conversation with him in person uh, once and had a phone conversation with him. So I kind of know him a little bit. Uh, people that know him really well have told me that he is, and it's somewhat reflective in my experience, he's much more kind of not silly, but funny and, and a little more gregarious than the public sees because his press conferences, I love the guy. I have multiple paintings of him. There's one yeah, over yeah. your shoulder. It's a little bit of an ambient experience. He kind of, rocks you to bed he's just not a really dynamic guy in that setting but you get him in the locker room and you can see that in the videos that they post mm -hmm. publicly in a personal one-on-one -on -one setting two-on-one whatever he tends to be more gregarious he was talkative with me when i met him what's your kind of experience with mel tucker what's he like just as a guy he's kind he really is he and his wife are really wonderful people um we for sure have the best dress coach in all of college football. Oh, yeah. Everyone, mean, everyone already, we <laughs> need to bring you on for that. Right? Everybody already knows that. But, Gosh, yeah. his shoe collection alone. I love it. Um, no, he's, he's great. You know, on, on recruiting weekends after um, the dinner, or sometimes we have the dinner 
in their basketball court at their house. And, and then there's a social afterwards and he's, you know, just walking around the whole time, checking on everybody and making sure everybody's good. And yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Did you catch wind of the, on a totally unrelated note, did you catch wind of the LSU Mel Tucker stuff last year? Yeah. Did that make you, your wheels turn at all? You know, I, I just didn't think, I mean, I don't know how serious all that was. I don't know what that was. It just, it seemed, it never felt like it was going to happen. To me, it feels like Tuck, Tuck's at Michigan State and he's committed and he has a job to do here. And he, I think he, I mean, that's the impression I get from him that, you know, oh, I heard the interest was that. real yeah. on the other side. Was it? On the other side. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't for speak sure. To, I don't know. I don't have a source with Mel. Or yeah. I, but LSU really, oh. it wasn't a formal offer on the table. They wanted to meet with them. And I, there's conflicting on whether they actually had a conversation. I told the source I trust more said that there was a conversation with the agent, but not Mel. And just okay. kind of taking a temperature. And Mel was kind of like, look, I don't know. Yeah. have the conversation. That's what my agent's there for. But that's what I was told. I don't know for a fact. But it is interesting because I would think someone like you and, you know, the coach's wife have a little bit of that. Here we go again. Am I packing up? Like, so. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, it's like, oh, is it, will we go? Will we stay? Will we go somewhere else? But um, yeah, I didn't, I heard about that, but nothing. Yeah, it didn't seem. I'm, sh- I'm sure it doesn't surprise me that they'd have great interest in, in Tuck. He's yeah. a good coach. Yeah. And especially after that year we had, you know, that was. Yes. So fun. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, and, you know, it's, it was so unexpected. And it's, I was on here saying, like, please, if you go six and six, I'll throw a parade and they end up winning 11 games. And, yeah, last year was so fun. Well, I'm glad Mel Tucker's here. I am glad your husband is still here as the, the founder, president, <laughs> and, you know, secretary, vice president of the fan club. You know, I, I think the best times are ahead for this program. As fun as last year was with 11 and two, you know, this year was frustrating in a lot of ways. But I think the best is yet to come. I really do with this group. I do too. I'm excited for next year. And, and thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And thank you for, you know, being the kind face among, among some not so kind. (laughs) Come on guys, like get get it together out there. If anyone sends you any more DMs, I, I, and Brett told me the same thing when we were talking about this, I I told him I was having Jan. He's like, just tell her to have these messages sent to us and we will, you can be kind. I appreciate it. No, it's just, I mean, even if we, even if we thought, your husband was the worst coach alive. I would still be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? But I'm, I'm glad it, it's shifting. And it is funny because a couple bad apples can really make everyone seem bad. It might like text conversations. Most people do get it. You know, yeah. They get it. Like it's the, the program. It's a rebuild. Last year kind of fooled us a little bit. It was almost yeah. too good in terms of having any real perspective. But yeah, you guys will be fine. This, the message yet to come. I think so too. I I'm excited. For sure. It's yeah. going to be a really fun year. Brooke Hazelton, I appreciate you seriously. Thank you. You came a you. long way to it be was, here. And I had a driver. His name was Scotty. He's so. a good. Was he a good driver? I don't know. Great it's, driver. It's a bit of a haul. So I appreciate. I appreciate you coming no, this way thank and you. Know, late at night on a, a weeknight. And yeah, a appreciate date you. night for us. You know. Yeah. Well, this. I don't know if it was it the Looking Glass. I don't know if this stacks yeah. up to the Looking I, Glass. I mean, but. I think this is all this at Michigan State stuff. I think it's better, right? I, I, well, in the, the decor is certainly better. Yeah. But I don't know about the the beer i think it's like miller white and then a bunch of liquor on that bar counter but i really appreciate you and you know respect to your husband for dutifully waiting outside while we did this thing and really uh you know continued success to you guys your family i give you a lot of credit a lot of restraint i would have been out there like brenda warner kurt warner's wife back in the day giving everyone the bird if i were you you're a better person than me and you know i commend you for getting through that with grace and really wish you guys well well thank you i appreciate that this is justin spiro spiro avenue with brooke hazelton Ben, the great and powerful Oz on the other side of the curtain. Appreciate you, man. Eric, our set designer, graphic designer, in his boxers on his couch at home watching right now. Thank you to Eric. Spiro Avenue. We'll be back soon. Appreciate you guys. Go Green. Go Green.